Bonjour, all you gardening cats and gators. Welcome to Gardening with Cisco, October 19th. And uh, hey, perfect gardening weather. All you need is a, uh, a parka with a good uh, rain thing attached to it. <laughs> oh, la, la. You might need some, uh, some water wings, too, while you're out there. <laughs> but... Uh, it's really funny. I was telling some of the folks here when I got here today, I met a really nice person with a little Labrador, uh, about a, a four-month-old Lab, and it was playing with uh, little Izzy, my puppy out there, that's two years old, and they are playing like mad, but uh, had a full rain outfit on, including a hood over its head. <laughs> and I said, uh, I don't quite get why a Lab needs a... Uh, a rain suit like that, and he goes, uh, my wife can't stand the smell of wet dog. So, oh, la, la. <laughs> so if you don't like the smell of wet dog, there is an answer, but that dog didn't look like it liked wearing that to me. Hey, uh, uh, for all you folks that signed up for the Chihuly event uh, over at uh, Chihuly Garden and Glass, that got canceled Mama Nature put the El Kabatsky on that outdoor event. So, <laughs> so anyway, we won't all go freeze to death out there. But I am—I do want to say that it is spectacular there. All kinds of plants that bloom in the fall, fall color to die for. So, you know, I still recommend you, when it gets a little warmer and drier, go ahead and go on over there and check that beautiful uh, Chihuly expedition exhibition with all that those beautiful plants there and I got to give you a hint that Heidi and her staff Heidi's the head gardener there they never mind answering your garden questions so if you don't know what a plant is you know catch one of those uh, gardeners there and just say what is this and uh, they'll tell you all about it and uh, it's worth going there for sure in the fall but I do have to tell you that uh, <laughs> I'm happy to say that all you folks that come to my talk Thursday, October 24th at 11 a.m., because uh, I promise it'll be indoors. <laughs> so, I'll be speaking at the Warm Beach, notice Warm, Warm Beach Post Acute Care and Rehabilitation uh, Second Annual Health and Wellness Fair. So that event goes all day from 10 to 2 with lots of fun, food, music, and giveaways. And uh, But I'll be there at 11. That's Thursday, October 24th. I think it's totally free to the public. I'm not positive about that, but I'm pretty sure. And it is at 204-20 Marine Drive, Stanwood, Washington, and by the way, that's right on the front page of my website, so you can look that up if you want. Uh, also, right on the front page of my website, Mary said, why don't I stick a picture of your new book that's coming out January 21st? So uh, so if you go to my website and see an incredibly handsome guy on the front page of my website, you will know who that is, and you get a uh, little uh, preview of uh, what my book's going to look like, and it's called Oh La La. So, <laughs> and the story of why I say Oh La La is in there. It's all short stories. They're about uh, gardening, dogs, and travel. So, 
it's a little unusual, but I think it's, I hope you'll enjoy it. It's uh, got a lot of humor in it, to say the least. Hey, I am uh, flying solo today, so if you want to give me a call, you get right in. one 973 973 So, uh, hey, I want to thank everybody for sending me all these uh I've gotten so many birthday cards this week. So my birthday is Monday, and I'll be on New Day on Monday on King Five. So I hope they, uh, I hope they at least wish me happy birthday. <laughs> so, uh, but I've gotten a lot of hilarious cards from people. So I'm, I'm just really lucky. I get a lot of cards, and when I walked out the door, there was a box on my porch that said uh, fragile, and I noticed it came from a really good friend. So I'm so excited to get home and open that up. <laughs> I know that's going to have some good stuff in it. So, uh, uh, by the way, when I'm on New Day Monday on my birthday, October 21st, uh, I'm going to be very chic because I'm talking about garlic. So I'm going to go all into how you grow garlic uh so with Margaret, so that's going to be a lot of fun. That's 11 o'clock on King 5 uh, TV. So, hey, just a couple last reminders before I take a break here pretty soon. And one is that the Hardy Plant Society of Washington is having their ninth annual bulb and plant sale at CUH. That is tomorrow from 10 to 2. So if you're looking for rare, unusual bulbs, or they'll also have a great selection of uh, a lot of the more normal ones, uh, this is the place to go. So the Center for Urban Horticulture from 10 to 2. And what I like is they sell them in small packages. So you don't have to buy 20 tulips. You can get eight or nine, whatever you want. So it's uh, it's really nice. So um, pretty cool. And the last thing I'll tell you about, and that is that uh, Heronswood is having a couple events, and you know that I'm on their steering committees, and I love Heronswood Garden. I think it's just fantastic. So I always like to advertise what they're doing because I want this to be the most successful garden. It keeps getting better and better all the time. So uh, tomorrow, if you got if you want to do something fun with your kids. You can go to Nature Stories, and it's at the garden from 2 to 3 tomorrow. I don't know. There's probably a charge for that. I could look, but I'm not going to bother. But you can go to Cisco.com, go to my events page and find out. But uh, So uh, that one goes from 2 to 3 tomorrow, and they will have native Sklalem people telling the stories of the Sklalem people, and then they, you can go out in the garden and see uh, these wonderful creatures that they built out of plants that are out there in the garden and uh, that go with the stories. And I've heard some of the stories. They're quite, quite good. And uh, But if you really want to have fun, go to Haunted Heronswood. That's Saturday and Sunday, October 25th and the 26th from 5 to 9. And uh, the whole garden is full of this sclalum art and uh, sclalum Halloween things and and spooky things all over the place. And the best part is all the paths 
lead to the beer garden, which is very important, as you know. So, and I want to let you know they have food for all ages and beverages for all ages. So uh, it's a really fun party. You know. Finally, I just want to say, isn't that great, the fall color we're having right now? So, you know, I think it's because we had that nice slow progression where the days got cooler, the nights were cool, but we didn't get any freezing weather. Luckily, that wind didn't hit Seattle to knock all the leaves off the trees. And uh, so what that does is it makes the trees go dormant real slow, and that's when you get the great fall color. This is going to be one of the best fall color years we're going to see in Washington if we don't get a freeze. Once the freeze happens, that makes them go dormant, and then the leaves start to fall off right away. So let's keep our fingers crossed. No freezes for a while, and nice weather's going to come back, and it'll be planting time again. Hey, I hope you'll give me a call. one 973 Cairo one 973 5476 Hey, we'll be right back on 97.3 Cairo FM right after this. Well, we still have all open lines, so you could get right in if you give me a call. But uh, before I go to the first email I got here, I... I have to say that I took my pooches, Mary and I did, over to the Whidbey dog parks, which are really wonderful. <laughs> Except for I have one problem with my puppy, Izzy, that's two years old, part uh, Border Collie Lab and um, and uh, Golden Retriever mix. And uh, she is a treat thief. She's a pocket thief. She goes in the pockets of anyone she can anytime she sees them. She grabbed the whole bag of treats out of someone's back pocket. It flew in the air, shot treats all over, and all the dogs at the dog park that were right there gobbled them up in about one second. And uh, I'm not sure. uh, I hope those weren't real expensive treats. Okay, I got an email here, so I thought I'd start with that one. And um, this is from Pauline, and uh, she says she has a whole bunch of full-grown choke cherries along her driveway, a long driveway right up to the house on both sides. They've been in there for 17 years, and they look really bad. They're going downhill. She said they've watered them regularly, and... uh, so she wanted to know, she said, if they died or suckers coming up around them, could she pick a good su- sucker and let that replace it? Yeah, you betcha you could. But I, I'll tell you, I can tell you right now what's killing your choke cherries. What's killing your choke cherries is soil that doesn't drain well. So whenever I see choke cherries, which are shrubs, we call them uh, choke cherries because uh they say that a bird will choke if it eats even one. They're so terrible tasting. <laughs> but they now sell choke cherries, uh, and they have real uh, attractive fruit. And they have choke cherries now that people eat. And I think most of the time make jam out of them, things like that, because it's hard to get a choke cherry that tastes very sweet. But uh, birds gobble them up, so you 
So I can only imagine how many birds must be along your driveway there, Pauline. Well, so the reason I know that it's the bad soil that's killing your choke cherries is because all those suckers coming up. That means that the plant, the roots are dying back. So the plant's trying to send up more suckers to make food because the main more tree-like choke cherry, and they aren't really trees. They get they can get about twelve feet tall. It's about the tallest I've ever seen one. I suppose it can get taller than that, but um, it's killing it's killing the tree one that's sticking up in the middle, and the suckers are trying to keep the thing alive. So yeah, you can cut all the suckers down except for the one you want, and cut down the big one because it's going to die anyway pretty soon, is my guess. And then that new choke cherry that grows from that sucker probably has roots that are a lot more on the soil surface. Now, they may totally destroy your driveway over time, but they don't get real big roots, so you're probably okay. But those are, will now be much better adapt, adapted to live right along your driveway in this uh, poorly drained soil. And so I think that that is a brilliant idea to do that, and I really hope it works for you since I'm suggesting you do it. <laughs> but I think it will. I I really do. Okay, so I got some more emails. So since I haven't gotten any calls yet, I'll go to another one here. Sorry for the soliloquy here. And uh, this is from Ted. And uh, Ted says, that uh, his um, butternut squash that he planted pretty early in the summer didn't ripe up this, ripen up very well this year. It's still got a lot of green in it, and it's got kind of white speckles. And, uh, you know, he's wondering if he can harvest that or what he should do. Is the rain going to kill him? So, Butternut squash is one of the harder squash to get to ripen up in our area. They need a lot of heat, and you got to hope for a nice hot summer wherever you put it. And if you get that, usually they'll ripen up by this time. But if they haven't ripened up by now, you're in a little bit of trouble. So, and I always, I always with a uh, butternut squash, I'm looking for them to get a buff color. Not too much green in there, and uh, also uh, you're you're hoping those white speckles go away because that's a sign they've really ripened up. You could stick your thumbnail in there, and if it leaves a little indention, they're not ripe. But uh, so what I recommend uh, you do is um, harvest early. So even though they're not ripe, you might leave some that are just really green out there and hope for the best. But I think with all this rain and cold, you know, you can just kind of hang on and watch them and uh, wait. But if a freeze is coming, you got to harvest right away. But here's the thing that a lot of people don't know. You can eat butternut squash and any other kind of squash before they're ripe. So if you bring it in, you could put it in a, a sunny window and it might actually ripen up in that heat and sunny window. On the other hand, uh, you know, if you bring it in and it stays really green, just go ahead and eat that thing. It'll taste pretty darn good. Just add lots of butter, a little maple syrup. Hey, it doesn't matter what it tastes like if you 
add enough of that stuff. And uh, almost always they taste pretty good. But if they if they don't ripen up on the window, they're not going to keep. So there's no use holding on, hoping that thing is going to keep forever. All right, listen, I think we're going to take a break here. And then, uh, Janet, I appreciate your call. So please hang on through the news. And uh, we'll pop you on 97.3 Cairo FM right when we come back. And as I mentioned just before I go to the phones here, is that uh, my birthday is uh, Monday. And just in case my wife Mary's listening, I got her a really nice pen for her birthday this year. So. Not that I'm expecting anything. No, no, no. Okay, we're going to go to Janet now in Everett. Hey, Janet, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Cisco. Happy birthday. Hey, thanks so much. I appreciate that. Okay, I have two questions. The first one is about sweet peas. You know how they always say you can plant them in the fall, but I've never done that. So do I just plant them the way I usually do? I think it's too late. You'd have to plant. Oh, it is. Yeah. You know, to get those, you'd have to plant those probably early August at the very latest. Oh, really? Yeah. To winter over? (laughs) Oh, well, I don't think they do winter over. I think those sweet Oh, really? They always tell you. Oh, okay. I've never seen that. You know, I've grown them a million times, but... uh, I've never got them to overwinter oh. ever once. No, I, I, I mean, they, they, they recommend that you plant them now, and then they lay dormant until the spring, and then they sprout. I, I think they'd lay never... dormant from now forever. That's, now, that's <laughs> okay. my guess. I will, I promise, yeah. <laughs> I promise I will look this up to see if I'm missing something here, so. Okay. S- sweet peas. Okay. Well, you know how sometimes they say you plant, you can plant wildflowers in the fall. You oh, plant yeah. seeds in the fall. And, okay. But you can't do that with sweet peas. Not that I know of. I've never heard of that. Okay. If anybody else has ever okay. done that out there in Radio Land, give us a call and we'll put you on and let you tell. But uh, I've never uh, I've never heard of that before even. Not with sweet peas. Okay. With a lot of other plants, yeah. Oh. Okay. Now, my other question is, I got this rain barrel. And it's full. And so <laughs> oh, running no. out of milk jugs. What what should I do? Well, you know, that's the problem with rain barrels. They're full when you don't need yeah. the water because it's raining, you know, and, yeah. and so uh yeah. you know, I the only thing I could think you could do if you really want it, you know, you're not gonna need that water from that rain barrel until next uh summer. So I'd probably just drain it out and kind of leave the drain open for the rest of winter. And then when we get, you know, when we get in late winter, then I'd turn it off again and let it fill up so you got the water when you need it in the summer because it's just going to overflow and overflow anyway, so. Oh, oh, I know. Oh, I know. Well, I thought, you know, I've been filling up milk jugs, and I thought, well, I'll just keep doing that. But I thought maybe there might be some other container I could use, I suppose. Yeah, you know, some know. <laughs> some people have a whole bunch of uh, water 
the big rain barrels attached to each other. So yeah, they exactly. so they go from one to another big rain barrel to another. So every time they yeah. get full, you just open up and fill another it's one. But, over. Yeah, but then yeah. pretty soon you're going to have nothing but rain barrels <laughs> It's kind of tough, you know. If you had just one big tank somewhere you could fill up, that would be brilliant, you know. But uh, I know a cistern. Yeah, that's what I need is a cistern. Yeah, you need a cistern. My husband. Yeah, put that husband to work. You better give him a Brussels sprout casserole if he's going to be digging the hole. That's all I know. (laughs) Okay, Cisco. Well, you have a nice birthday. Okay. Okay, and I promise. I promise next week I'll start the show. If I hear anything about uh, overwintered sweet peas, I promise I'll put it, I'll okay. tell about it. All right. All right, Thanks Janet. Thanks so much. Hey, bye-bye. bye. Thanks for the birthday wish. Bye-bye. Okay, and we're uh, going to Louie in Ferndale right now. Hey, Louie, what's happening in Ferndale? It's raining, Cisco. Yeah. <laughs> It's Surprise! Here. It's raining <laughs> everywhere in the thing. world this morning. <laughs> okay, well, I have a kind of a, a dumb one, but when I was a kid, we had a green, transparent apple tree. We lived on Vashon Island, and it was uh, a wonderful tree full of worms and apples. And uh, I've been looking for a Gravenstein apple I've, I don't know how many phone calls I've made and recommendations I've gotten, and I'm dead in the water. And I thought, we used to, I, when I was living easier to get a good radio signal, I uh, uh, listen to you every Saturday because I, oh, I, I love gardening. But oh, cool! So, have you got any way of finding out where someone oh. might be interested in growing gravenstein? Well, yeah, you betcha. They already grow them at Rain Tree Nursery. So range, where's that? It's in Milton, but you don't have to drive there because they're a um, mail order nursery. Oh, really? Yeah. So I'm I'm ninety nine nine tenths percent sure they'll have them. They've always had them before. My brother in law bought one from there, and they are delicious, okay. wonderful apples. And you're right; they're hard to come by now. But they, the last time I checked, they had them. Is there a, a phone number or something I can order the catalog? Or do you, uh, do you get on the computer at all? Otherwise, um, two, hang on. two weeks ago, uh, Cisco. Two weeks ago, I celebrated my birthday, and it was in my ninetieth. And wow. I don't do the computer. <laughs> well, hey, I, listen, I don't blame you. You you know you know what? Life will be a lot better if you don't. Well, luckily for you, I got their phone number, so. Uh, Hang around for uh, just a second here. All right. Here's the number you can call. Are you ready to write this down? I am. Okay. 1-800-391-8892. Yeah. And, okay, uh, wonderful. Yeah, it's a really neat nursery. I, I've even shot TV there before, and my old friend uh, Sam used to own it. He's the biggest teddy bear you'll ever meet in your life. But he sold it to a, a really neat 
a young person that wants to make it, uh, keep going with it and doing great. So they'll send you, you want to order that pretty soon. They'll send it when the time's right. It'll be bare root. And uh, make sure that you put it, they'll have a little some directions to plant it, but make sure you put it like the roots in a pail of water for about two hours before you plant it. And that'll really uh, plump it up with water. And then make sure that the roots just divide right under the soil surface. But I know you're a gardener anyway, Louis, so I don't think I even need to tell yep. you that. Well, is it too late this year? Or? No, 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 no. But they'll they'll send it once uh, everything's dormant out there. I think they usually send them uh, near February, but you know they'll let you know when they're going to send it and. Uh, you could be all ready oh, to that's wonderful. plant it. it. It'll do great for you, I got a feeling. So uh, that's wonderful. I, and I, I hope so. I just hope I'm not dormant by the time it gets here. <laughs> <laughs> hey, do you make your own pie or do you have a buddy? <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, well, so listen, Louis, story. if I ever run into you, you bring me a piece of that Gravenstein pie, Gravenstein pie to wherever I'm giving a talk, all right? Okay. I'd love to do that. The kids won't let me drive anymore, Cisco. Tell one of those kids to drive you to my talk and make sure you bring some ice cream, too. Keep that on ice. <laughs> okay. Okay, Louie. do that. All right, buddy. Thanks hey, so thanks much. so much. Uh, stay active. Bye-bye. All right. Hey, Louie, turning 90 and planting another brand new apple tree. He's going to live to 112, especially if he eats Brussels sprouts. All right. Hey, uh, Sherry and Tacoma, when we come back, we're going to put you on 97.3 Cairo FM. And uh, back right after this. Saturday, but what's better than thinking about gardening and staying indoors? Hey, we're going to talk to Sherry now in Tacoma. Hey, Sherry, how are things in Tacoma raining down there, I bet? Not right now. All the dark clouds are heading north, so towards Seattle. Oh, thanks a lot. <laughs> yeah, we're passing by. Oh, hey, good. happy birthday. Hey, thanks so much. Say, I've got a question today. I know you can cut down tall rhododendrons. I have two of them in my front in uh, front of my house, but opposite it is about a 60-foot tall cedar tree, which is neat because it shades our house in the summer and keeps it real cool. Uh-huh. However, these two rhododendrons are like trees. My question is, I know you can cut them down, but if I cut them down, are they going to grow back up like a tree again? Well, they will, yeah. So uh, at Seattle University, when I directed the grounds care there, uh, we yes. we transplanted a couple of about 20-foot rhododendrons. And uh, after we planted them, we probably injured the roots. I mean, they weren't easy to dig out and move. No. And... Uh, the new leaves started coming up really little, 
So uh, I remember talking to a garden expert years and years ago who told me if that ever happened, cut them down. Any rhododendron that's healthy, as long as it's not dying already, you can cut to one inch from the ground and they'll come back. And these two 20-foot rhododendrons we cut down, they were substantial mm-hmm. rhododendrons. Rhododendrons again in about five years, they were going right back up. Now, we pruned them to keep them the size we wanted after that, but they came right back. So, but here's the so thing. are you saying that if you, if you prune them, they, they will stay short and they'll no, flower? No, 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 they'll grow right back to 20 feet again as fast as they can. <laughs> they got a huge root system and they got to feed it. That means they got to make a ton of leaves to make enough food to support the roots. So mm-hmm. uh, so when you cut those down to whatever height you want, six inches or whatever, uh, they're going to come back so fast. But if you keep pruning them every year, you can keep them whatever size you want. So that's what mm-hmm. we did. We After they came back, I could see they were going to be 20 feet again, and I didn't want them to be that tall where we put them. So we pruned them every spring right after they were done blooming and by cutting them back. And you can cut them anywhere you want, and they'll branch out. That's the amazing thing about a rhododendron. And uh, so we were we did it, you know, kind of artful and everything. We were able to uh-huh. keep them at about 8 feet tall. For, they're probably still 8 feet tall, and that was like 20 or 30 years ago that I moved those. So... Huh. Now, here's the thing, though. I wouldn't do it right now if I'm, you know, and oh, there's two things I should mention here. One is that uh, if those, you're going to have to watch your watering really careful because with that big fir tree in the middle of the garden, it's getting every bit of water and roadies need a lot of water. So especially after you cut them down. You can't let it get too dry out there. That's the one thing that could kill your roadies after you cut them down. The other Aww. thing is I would recommend wait till next spring to do this because if you cut them down now, you've got those big open cuts. A lot of decay is yep. going to go in there. That's going to cause trouble. Better to wait yep. till spring. And if you want, wait till after they're done blooming you get one last beautiful display, and then, you know, because they're not going to bloom for, you know, two or three or four years after you do this because they got to, you know, grow grow up again, build some strength, and then be able to start blooming again. So, okay. Yeah, That's but I, if, if you watch the water, and I guarantee this will work. They will come back as long as they're healthy. Okay, that sounds great. You know, I'm a fellow master gardener from oh. Harris County, oh, cool. and I want to share with you uh, one of the questions I had from a, cu- a client, oh, cool. and they asked me how when the best time was to prune a roadie if you did not want the blooms. Well, then I would do it. That. I would do it right yeah, before. So I, told, I told them do it now. <laughs> well, that's it. Listen, you can never go wrong with that answer. <laughs> Nah, yeah. Well, it was in it was in the summertime. Oh, good. So, yeah. 
They yep. just didn't want to deal with the blooms, but that's the best part of the roadies. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Aren't roadies spectacular? You know, I just think they're uh, one of the most beautiful plants on earth. And uh, I just wish they bloomed year round, you know. I wish they bloomed longer. <laughs> me too. Me too. But, you know, there are some roadies with great indomentum, real rusty looking under the leaves. And some have, like, I've. Uh, King George Loderi almost has red bark. It looks like a madrona growing out in my on my patio. And then flowers that are so fragrant. It's been scientifically proved no one could sniff one of those flowers without your socks rolling up and down. I mean, hot and great big white flowers, too, you know. Oh, my gosh, it's magnificent. So, well, it sounds yep. beautiful. It is beautiful. All right, now, listen, all I can say, Sherry— is if those roadies don't grow back after you cut them down, tell everybody somebody else gave you this advice, okay? <laughs> don't attribute it to Cisco. Right? No, no, no. Don't don't let anybody know. But, hey, I guarantee those are growing back. I'll bet you a Brussels sprout casserole on that one. Uh, no, thanks for the Brussels sprout. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what my wife says, too. Oh, well, what can you do? Well, listen, Sherry, good luck. Keep me posted. Let me know how tall they get again and how fast they grow back, okay? Okay, thank you very much. Hey, thanks, Bye. Sherry. Enjoyed your call. Bye. Okay, everybody. Well, this show is uh, starting to bite the dust, the dust here. Don't forget, if you want to hear me or maybe win a plant or a Gardening with Cisco t-shirt or one of my books, I'm going to be speaking October 24th. That's Thursday, 11 a.m. at the Warm Beach Post-Acute Care and Rehabilitation Second Annual Health and Wellness Fair. So, uh, and I'm going to be there at 11 o'clock. It's right on the front page of Cisco.com. But it's on Marine Drive in Stanwood, Washington. So I hope lots of you come. That'll be a heck of a lot of fun, to say the least. Okay, well, uh, listen, stay warm, stay dry, but make sure you take your puppies on lots of walks. Don't forget to eat your Brussels sprouts, too. By the way, I do feed my uh, dogs Brussels sprouts. That's our little extra treat after dinner, believe it or not. Okay, everybody, see you next week. Thanks, Brian. Bye-bye.